Yes, Lord.
Father, we thank you for that truth, Lord. Oh, God. For those who are in Christ, Lord Jesus, we've been born again. Born again. No longer I who lives, but it's Christ living in and through me. That is our declaration. If we've truly been born again, Father, that you've awakened us from the dead. God, that you have transferred us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. God, that you have adopted us in, that you have given us the right to call you Abba. Father, that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a people set apart, Father, for you. God, that's your purpose and it's your plan. Even before you spoke, the world was formed all along for you to have a people that you would call your own and they would call you their God. And Jesus, thank you. Thank you for coming and rescuing us. Thank you for coming and taking upon the punishment that we deserve. Thank you that you laid upon us your righteousness, that we might be in right standing with the Father, that now therefore we are at peace with God through you. Jesus our Lord. So oh, that's great news this morning. Your mercies are new each morning, Father, and I pray, God, that those who are with us today, those may be listening at a later time, God, that they would be encouraged, strengthened this day, Lord, to continue to, to run the race that is set before them, to keep their eyes focused and fixed upon Jesus, Lord, and Father, if there be any that are not in Christ, that have not been born again, that, Father, today would be the day that heaven would rejoice that a sinner has repented and has received Christ as Savior. So, Father, we thank you that we have this time to set apart, Father, in our day-to-day, the beginning of a new week, to hear from you, to open up your word, to be in fellowship with you and with others. So come, Lord, have your way in us and through us and among us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Good morning. Good morning. Ah, application, sustained effort, hard work from the root word apply to give one's full attention to a task to work hard. And so this concept, this understanding that it is hard work. Your new life in Christ is not a cakewalk. No, it's hard work. I mean, Jesus himself said, in this world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer, I've already overcame the world. The hope that we as believers have in Christ, the, the understanding that we have that it's not I who is living, but it's Christ living in and through us, that we now live out of a place of victory, not out of a place of struggling in and of ourselves to obtain right standing with God. No, we have it. We're now at peace with God, our Creator. We're not longing to be satisfied by the created, because we are completely satisfied by our creator. So that changes the way we think. And that's why the Bible says, how does he transform us? 
by changing the way we think. It's hard work. Because we're still behind enemy lines. We're still in a world that is still cursed. And living among people that are still blinded by the enemy. And yet God has us here for a purpose. For His purpose. And so each day we get up on purpose because we understand what God has done for us through Christ. And so we're growing, we're, we are maturing, at least we should be. And it's all through application, applying the Word of God. We've heard it for almost 10 months now. Application, application, sustained effort. It's not, I'm going to try it today and then I'll give it up tomorrow when I get the bad news or the bad report. No, it's sustained effort. It's hard work. It's when everything is screaming at you to quit. That you say no. That you stand up and you move forward. It's when you continue to move forward, even when your desires are screaming at you to get in. And you say no. Because it's Christ. My life is, belongs to Christ. It's when all these other little gods are screaming at you to bow down. You say no. I'm only bowing to one and his name is Jesus. It is you getting up and pressing on and pressing in and stop retreating and stop going back. And if you find yourself, you're in that weird pattern of retreating and going back to what is behind you, to the vices that are behind you, to the desires, to the insecurities, to all this junk that comes from the old. Well, the only way out is through Christ. Apply His truth. Because I keep telling you, if you're truly born again, your new nature knows nothing of what's behind you. It doesn't want it. It doesn't even desire it. It knows what it is. <laughs> and your old nature doesn't even want your new nature. That's why they're at odds with each other. But we don't use that as an excuse to keep going back. <laughs> no, you should use it as an awakening to wake up. <clears throat> because you're walking in a natural world that is at war with your king and his kingdom. And if it's at war with your, it's with your king and his kingdom, you represent him. So it is at war with you and its desire is to devour you. It is to chain you back up. But you have got to be committed to Christ. That's why the Word of God says the greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your body, and with all of your strength. Because when you get there, that's how you're living. You're not looking for anything else to love or anyone else. You're not looking for a fulfillment from anything or anyone else. No, you're moving forward now in a whole new direction, in a whole new mindset. Because it's sustained effort. It's hard work. But ultimately we know it's Him doing it through us. It's us getting out of the way. It's us saying no more. We know what it's like. 
to do it on of ourselves. We know the mess we make. We know the things that lure us. But in Christ, we have all that we need. So this understanding of application is so vital to the Christian life, to maturing. So if you find yourself in these habits, get up, get free. Walk it out. Don't beat yourself up, but walk it out. These areas in our lives that we're seeing, we're not obtaining freedom. It's because we're not applying truth. And if we're applying truth, we apply it just a little bit, but we're not sustaining it because we're giving up and we're going back. That's not the Christian life. The Christian life is a progression forward. Forward. Even if you stumble, you get up and you go forward. You throw off the sin that so easily entangles you and you get up and you run the race. You endure because your hope is in Christ. And so application. Applying the Bible is the duty of all Christians. If we don't apply it, the Bible becomes nothing more to us than a normal book and a practical collection of old manuscripts. That's why Paul says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. When you apply the Bible, God himself will be with us. When you apply the Bible, when you live out the newness of this new life, And again, the enemy doesn't mind you having church. The enemy doesn't mind you having a form of religion. The enemy doesn't mind you even saying the name of Jesus. The enemy doesn't mind us just doing whatever in the name of Christ. When it becomes a problem for the enemy in his camp is when we're truly believing it, we're applying it, we're born again, and now we're a threat to him. But he'll even use the things of God to manipulate us, to control us, to keep us down, and give us this false sense of security when there's no security at all. And you say, well, how do I know if I'm being deceived by the enemy? Well, is is your life marked by Christ? Is, Is the fruit coming from your life Christian fruit? Not just a facade, not just you putting on in front of people, not just saying the right words when it's time to say the right words, but yet doing something totally different when you're not around the people that you're trying to impress. That's how you know something's wrong. That's when you realize, wait a minute, it's, I'm putting on a show. This isn't genuine. This isn't real. It needs to be genuine. It needs to be real. It needs to be who we are, not just in one moment, but in every moment. Everything is spiritual. And you're either following the Holy Spirit or you're following all these other spirits. You're either bound by one or bound to all. And we've got to wake up. The church has to wake up. And you think about it. When we're warned, and the Bible tells us that in the last days, people aren't going to want sound teaching. They're not going to want sound doctrine. They're not going to want that. 
Because we know, as the Bible is telling us, that in the last days, the desires that are within the treated are going to come out at a level like we've never seen before. And we're seeing it, but they're even going to get greater. That's why even the people sitting in churches are not going to want to hear sound doctrine. They just want their ears to be itched. Make us feel better about ourselves. Tell us when things will get good. And we're not even being equipped to endure. Everybody just wants to be fed by the bottle. And that's good for a season, but you can't stay on milk all your life. And somehow think that that's growth. That's not growth. Like, yes, you're born again. You go through these, just like you would naturally, you go through these seasons of, 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 of maturing. But once it stops, once the growth and the maturing stops, the development stops, then it becomes retarded. Then it becomes, you know, something is wrong. Something is off. You're unable to function. It's like in the natural. When something happens and people don't grow and mature as they, as they rightly should, how they're created to, something happens. And it could be anything. It could be an accident. It could be a birth defect. It could be whatever that stops it or hinders it. But we see naturally what happens to, to, to the created if there's the growth stops. And so it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. The only thing different is, in the spiritual, you're without excuse. You living that type of life, you choosing to stop growing, you choosing to give up, you choosing to lay your mat back down and sit, you choosing to become subservient to all these other little gods, you choosing to say no to God, well, guess what? You're making a mockery of him. This is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is the one who spoke and everything was formed. This is the one who has put everything in place. And his plan is at work. And he will fulfill what he has started. And if you choose to give up and to give in, then that's your choice. That's your choice. Unlike the natural, and the natural people don't choose. It just happens, and so growth just stops. And so then their lives have to be conditioned to how, how they're living and how they're growing, and we're compassionate, and we care, and we say, oh, yes, and we tend, and we take care of them. But in the spiritual realm, no, you can only coddle them for so long. Because if they're not progressing forward, if they refuse to progress forward, the Bible says, shake the dust off your feet, move on. Move on. And some of us just need to start moving on. Wow, great, brother. 
Some of us just got to get up and keep pressing on and on and on. And if they don't want to go on with Jesus, well, then so be it. Turn them over. In hopes that they would be saved. Not out of spite, not out of anger, not out of frustration. But in hopes that they would come to have a desire for hunger, to have a greater sense of, of desire of hungering and thirsting for righteousness for His name's sake. Especially again in these days that we're living, you all. I mean, we're told, we've heard over the past couple of weeks, and Lord, we've talked about it all for years, but especially the last couple of weeks, we've been told, we've read Jesus' words, we, we've read the words to the churches, and we understand that the love of many is growing to grow cold. We, we understand that what we're experiencing is just birth pains. The worst is yet to come. But Jesus says, but my gospel will still go throughout the earth. They're going to kill you. They're going to torture you. They're going to lock you up. But my gospel will still go forth. The churches are reminded this is what it's going to look like. The love of many is going to grow cold. The deceptive teachings of demons are going to creep into the church. People are going to be led astray in the church. Things are going to come at us at full force. And we think we can just continue to live these Christian lives without application. We just show up when we want. Do it how we want to do. Just taking, draining the church. Instead of contributing and being part of. What God wants to accomplish with the church. Throughout the earth. Raising up the next generation to know their God, to love their God, to worship their God, to be in fellowship with their God. See, application is vital. And listen, to the degree, and as we've heard for months, to the degree to which we study, memorize, and meditate on God's Word is the degree to which we understand how it applies to our lives. But understanding how the word applies is not enough. We must actually apply it. Just can't be hearers. We just can't keep saying the words. We just can't keep quoting these scriptures. We can't just keep going through the motions like we are some, like we're part of the occult just doing mantras. No. Yes, you quote it, you speak it. But if there's no application, you're not understanding. And then you thinking, you quoting, and you speaking scriptures, there's some type of power in that. That's witchcraft. I told you before, I've gone into churches. I've gone into places where I've been asked to come in and kind of observe and to give the senior pastors kind of insight to what's going on. I said, my God, your intercessory people, your prayer people, your prophetic people, they're witches. They're doing nothing different than what I did when I was in the world. 
They look spiritual. They sound spiritual. They write spiritual. But there's nothing coming from their life. They're foul mouthed. They're abusive. Their home is in disarray and disorder. They don't know, they have no understanding, especially the women, how to be submitted. And so they're practicing and living out of a Jezebel spirit. And then you wonder what's going on in your church. It's because you're tolerating this. When I looked at them and I said, you all are practicing witchcraft. What are you doing? You can stand and recite and do the mantras and do all this other stuff over and over and over and over and over. But you're putting the power in the words coming from your mouth. From you. As if you have anything in and of yourself. Or you just conjure up stuff. There is power in speaking the word. There is power in praying the word. There is power in the word. But if the word isn't applied, then that's false power. That's a deceptive spirit. Many good books written. By deceiving spirits. And the churches are following them. I keep telling y'all, that's why we cannot be impressed with people's writings, with people's anointings, with people's this, with people's that. If it's truly not who they are. If it's not to the very core being of who they are. If their character isn't being transformed, if fruit isn't coming from their life, I wouldn't be impressed. So what? They look like a a, a bountiful tree. But look deep among the leaves. There's no fruit. There's no fruit. And a life without fruit is a life that will be cursed. And the fruit of a believer is lasting fruit. It doesn't just sprout up one season and it fades away. No, it's the it, it's a remaining fruit. We're not like a, a shooting star that fades away. We're not clouds that are just puffed up with nothing. No, we're the people of God doing the will of God for the glory of God. We're we're people who knew, we know what God has done in our lives, who He is. We've been born again. We've been set free. We know what it means to live and we have an understanding what it was like to be under the curse of the law. But my God, that can't even compare to the freedom of His love. That we know He who the Son sets free is free indeed. And we can honor Christ and we can love Christ. And as we're honoring Christ and loving Christ, it brings forth a life that honors others and loves others. No matter where they're at. (laughs) But in that honoring and loving them, there is truth. Christ came. And he revealed himself. 
those who were sick. He didn't come for the righteous. He didn't come for those who thought they had it all together, doing it their way. No, he came for those who knew that they were poor in spirit and emptied, broken, a sinner. And I'm in need. My need can only be met through you, Jesus. Changes your life, changes your perspective. And it's not an easy life, by no means. But it's a life well lived. As Christ is living in and through you. Accomplishing what he has planned and what he has purposed. So application implies action. And obedient action is the final step in causing God's word to come to life in our lives. You want the word to come to life in your lives? Well then obey it. I mean Jesus even says, why do you call me Lord, Lord and don't do what I say? Jesus, why do you put, if you put your hand to the plow and you look back, you're not fit for the kingdom. Jesus, consider the cost before you start to follow me because it's going to cost you everything. Jesus, you must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. Jesus' words. I must go away so that he will come. He being the Holy Spirit. Jesus' words. And why do we strip him and make him so common? Just to satisfy our needs, you all. See, you've got to ask yourself, what Christ are you following? What Christ are you following? Because lest we forget, we've been told even by Jesus, there will be many false Christs, false messiahs. I mean, do you understand what we're up against each and every single day, especially living in the days and age in which we're living? And it's only progressing. But again, it's not for us to be scared and hiding and all that. No. We should be out there advancing His kingdom. We should be diligent to be about our Father's business because Jesus is our example. And Jesus was about his father's business, and that's what he calls us to. Understand this, he's our example. And so if you really grasp that, if you truly understand that, what the, the pressure that he was under, he knew what was set before him. He knew where he was heading. He knew these relationships that he was building, and he knew what ultimately they would endure for his sake. He knew what he would have to suffer, what he was going to take upon himself. And yet the Bible says he did it. He submitted himself to the Father's will. I mean, the enemy came at him with everything. I'll give you this, I'll give you that, I'll give you this. She says, no. He's our example. Even at the hour in which he knew he was about to be arrested and then what he would endure, the hours leading to the cross, prayed in that garden with such intensity, so, so much stress coming out of him that he was, the sweats of blood was dripping from him. 
And yet he resolved in himself. Not my will, but yours. That's the Christian life. And if we paint it any other way, we're teaching doctrines of demons. Doctrines of demons. Make it easy. Shh. Just take it easy. Mm. It is what it is. Just, just go through your life. No. You're born again. You've been brought out. You've been transferred from that kingdom, from that realm. You've been transferred in to Him, to His light, to His kingdom. So we're to be kingdom-minded. That's why Jesus says, seek first my kingdom. But in reality, are we doing that? And I've always told you, if you see within yourself as the Holy Spirit, if you're truly born again, if you're not, then bow your knee and come to Jesus. Recognize that you're his enemy. Recognize you've been indoctrinated by demons. You've been controlled by your desires and your flesh. You're at war and and you're his enemy. Submit yourself, repent, turn from all of that. And be born again of the Spirit. Receive Christ. But if you're in Christ and you find yourself lacking, that's okay. That's why I keep telling you, don't beat yourself up. You just need to keep maturing. Don't get stunted. Don't let your growth get stunted. Keep maturing. When you see that you don't have it, then ask. But in your asking, expect to go through to get it. Because he knows what we have to work through to get what he has for us. Sometimes he has to break us down. But he is the potter. We're just the clay. Trust him. With him molding your life into the life that he's always purposed you for. And yes, it's going to hurt. But if you're lacking love, if you're lacking obedience, if you're lacking discipline, if you're lacking even a desire to be in his word or to study his word or to pray or to do the spiritual disciplines that we ought to be doing, not because we're forced to, no, it's just because it's who we are now. See, when you were in the world, when you were of the natural, when you were in the flesh, no one had to tell you what to do. You did what you wanted to do. And it was very natural for you. Mm-hmm. Selfishness, anger, jealousy, loneliness, insecurities, all of that. Everything of the flesh, your desires, oh, this feels good to me, this is what I want. See, just, just, you just did. No one told you to, to study 12 steps how to do it. No, you just did it. Because it felt right. The same as it is in the spirit when you're born again. These spiritual disciplines, not because you're forced to, no, it's just because it feels right. This is who I am now. How then now shall I live? Who am I now? How do I live? Amongst a wicked and perverse generation. How am I not to be tainted by what's around me? 
How am I not to allow the old man rise up and think that he has some type of control? How do I live now as this new man whose eyes have been opened to the reality of Christ? To a God who loves me so much that he gave his one and only son for me. He didn't tell me to clean myself up. No, he knew my condition. And yet he came for me to rescue me. So now my life is to produce obedience. And it only comes, obedient is only a fruit of application. So again, when you see that you're not growing or maturing, it means you're not applying. So you don't beat yourself up, just get real with God. He already knows where you're at. He already knows what you're doing. So you can be real. Talk with Him. Walk with Him. Repent. Turn from it. Stop making excuses. Stop allowing that to lord over your life. Allow Him to lord over your life. Well, I don't know what that looks like. Well, learn. Learn of Him. Because trust me, when you learn of His character... When you begin to see Him for who He is, you won't keep touching what you're touching. When you begin to understand His character, when you begin to really see Him for who He is, you will stop submitting yourself to all these little other gods. Your life will start changing. Not because someone's forcing you to. No, just within you, it's, it's just, that's what you used to do doesn't feel right any longer. So I'm not making excuses any longer. But I'm telling you, we're up against a war. It's warfare. And it's only increasing. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. And that's what my hope is, my prayer has been for these 10 months, that we would grow, that we would mature, that we would have a desire and a hunger for Christ, for more of Christ. How are we to be living? Who are we now? In my circumstances, because each of us are different, are different places, but we have the same identity in Christ. So how can Christ then be glorified amongst what each of us are experiencing so that others can see Christ and be drawn to Christ? That's why the church is called to encourage, to edify, and to build each other up. We have the same identity. We have the same access. We're just going through different circumstances. And we're growing, maybe at different places. But the point is, we ought to be growing. I keep telling you, if your Christianity is the same as it was yesterday, last year, 10 years ago, something's wrong. And I'll be honest with you, I doubt you're a Christian. I know that upsets people. People say, well, I don't, that's not biblical. You shouldn't say that. Well, no, it is. Look in the Bible. I mean, goodness gracious. And the, when the church was birthed, you know how they knew that you were of the church? Because you were living a transformed life. If your life wasn't transformed, they didn't tolerate it. The mark of a true believer is transformation. And yet, and yet we the enemy just comes in and runs them up. But oh, it's no longer. 
not how we're to be living or doing. Christ. Christ. All for Him. Yes. Him alone. Because all of us could lose everything tomorrow. Anything could go awry today. But Christ still remains. Christ still remains. So obedience has to come forth. It's the final step in causing God's word to come to life in our lives. The application of scripture enforces and further enlightens our study. And it also serves to sharpen our discernment, distinguishing between good and evil. Oh, how the people of God need to distinguish between good and evil. I mean, there's people who are calling themselves Christians, yoked with practices of evil. That ought not be. And you say, well, how can a Christian get yoked? Because they have no discernment. And they have no discernment because they have no obedience. They have no obedience because they have no application. And so then you wonder why the Bible says that in the last days, as the Holy Spirit has made us aware that many people are going to be deceived by doctrines of demons. I don't know if, that make, if that's hit you yet. And we hear that, and you've heard it over the, at least last week, maybe the week before. But let me ask you this. How many of you actually got up and began to guard your mind every single day throughout your day? Like you're remaining alert. You're not living like you're schizophrenic, but you're remaining alert. You're not looking for every devil underneath the rock. You just know they're there. I don't have to go search for de- demons. I don't have to go search for devils. There's one thing I know about them. They've already been exposed and they're submitted. And they know what's coming. And in and of myself, I've got no power against them. Oh, but in Christ... I have the victory, and so I submit to Christ. I humble myself before God, and then I resist the enemy, and he has to flee. So I can get up each day and go through my day, and I can, I can understand the dis- level of discernment that I am to have as a believer as I'm just going through my day. And I can be mindful of my actions and of my words and of my thoughts, and be mindful of my emotions, I can be just mindful of everything that's going on in this flesh, in this world, and in this realm, and still have peace. Still know that the Bible says that sin crouches at your door and its desires to master you, but you must master it. Just so I'm asking, how'd you do this week? And, he, and it's, again, it's not to beat you down, oh, I'm a bad Christian. No, it's just the reality. Just the reality. All out war. And yet, we can walk upright amongst a wicked and perverse generation. Yet, we can walk upright. Yet, though a thousand may fall on this side, ten thousand on that side, God is still for us and not against us. Yet though this physical body may be taken prisoner, my soul won't be. Yes. So I love that song. Oh, my soul 
rejoice. They may harm my physical body. They may take it and do what they want with it. But they can't have my soul. They can't have the very essence and the being of who I am. Because as we read last week, the hope of a believer is this new body that we're getting. Do what you want with the old. It's fading away. It's coming dust. Dust, dust, and dust. It's going to blow in the wind. And this is what we're clinging to? This is how we're living? Like, it doesn't make sense. But when your eyes are blinded, it makes sense. It makes sense. That's all we know. But when your eyes are truly open, you go, no, what? No, I don't want to settle for that. It's Christ. So this is what I'm talking about, y'all. So over the past two weeks, I've been talking about, so then how do we live? So now how then shall we live on the brink of World War III? Or at the end of times? However you want to word it. Doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. Doesn't mean it's going to happen this week. It could take another 100,000 years. Who knows? But the point is, is that we can recognize the signs of the time. Yes. We can see where we've been and where we're heading. And it, 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 it's, it's, it's everything that's here. So then now, how then shall we live? And I'm hoping to finish this today. Go to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. How as a believer, if you're truly a believer, if you're in Christ, how do you live? First Thessalonians chapter 4. Oh, praise be the Lord. <laughs> Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on here. How are you supposed to live? To live in a way that pleases God. That's how you ought to be living. As we have taught you, you live this way already, and we encourage you to do even more. Remember, don't just don't stop. No, do more. Keep growing. For you remember what we taught you. By the authority of our Lord Jesus, God's will, perk up, listen to this, God's will is for you to be holy. Yes. Set apart, you are different. So stay away from all sexual sin. Lest you see what's flooding the churches, you all. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor and not in lustful passions like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. Mm. Whoo! Never, never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife. For the Lord avenges all such sins as we solemnly warned you before. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone, oh Jesus, perk up and listen. Therefore, he's talking to the church. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, 
but is rejecting God who gives His Holy Spirit to you. First Thessalonians, yep, chapter 4. So we're not disobeying human teachings. They're disobeying God. But we don't want, but we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other. For God Himself has taught you to love one another. Indeed, you already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. So I love this, this phrase, even more, even more. Keep maturing, keep growing. Don't get stunted. Don't stop. Think you've arrived. Even more. Make it your goal. This is for you. Make it your goal to live a quiet life. Oh God, perk up, minding your own business and working with your hands. Just as we instructed you before. Then people who are not believers will respect the way you live and you will need and you will not need to depend on others. So how then now shall you live? Live to please God. And then it goes on in chapter four. How are we to live? With the hope of the resurrection. Listen to these verses. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers, believers, Highlight that, believers, not people who we just think are there, but true believers who have died. Somehow we think everyone's going to heaven so we don't evangelize, we don't live our lives, we don't share the gospel. We don't have no sense of urgency in this hour. Well, they go to church, well, good. So do the people who are being deceived by doctrines of demons. I mean, this is the reality. This is what we're up against. We need to be sharing our faith, living our faith, encouraging people to come to faith. Because this is a hope that we have. He goes on, we tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living, when the Lord returns, will not meet Him ahead of those who have died. Mm -hmm. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout. Come on. With the voice of the archangel and and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive... And remain on earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So with this understanding, what do you do with it? Encourage each other with these words. 
This is how we're to be living in these crazy times. Living to please God and living with the hope of the resurrection. And when we have that hope of the resurrection, it's going to encourage us to tell others about it. Don't be law on people to sleep, giving them some false sense of security. I'll see you in heaven. What does that mean? We get the promises of heaven. We get the promises of God, but we don't talk to them about Jesus. The real Jesus. Not these false messiahs, not these doctrines of demons, but Jesus. And yes, the gospel offends. It ought to offend. If it's not offending, it's not the gospel. Because it cuts through the very nature that it needs to expose. I'm a sinner. But oh, how gracious God is towards me. How merciful He is. That His desire is that I will not be caught up in His wrath. But that He gave His Son out of His love for me that took upon the wrath that I deserved. And He laid upon me His righteousness that I might be restored back to my Creator. Like, do y'all talk this way to yourself? That's why I challenge you on Friday night. You need to be telling yourself the gospel every day. Every day you should be encouraging yourself so you're encouraging others. Yes, they may have heard a a gospel pedal to them. That is not the gospel. But grow up mature so that you can share the gospel. Pray for them. Love them, encourage them. I'm not mad at them. You don't need to be mad at them. They're blinded. They're still in this world. Their eyes haven't been opened. Or maybe they're new Christians. But maybe they're being lulled to sleep. No, we need to encourage them. Encourage one another. Even more so, keep doing more. Keep growing. Keep maturing. Don't backslide. Don't turn back. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't lay your mat back down. Don't sit. Get up and move. Jesus is coming. There's a way in which you're called to live. That's why I'm telling you, don't be embarrassed for God about God. Don't be ashamed of him. Some of us don't even speak. We let these other little gods scream their lives. And we just cower down. Like you got no freaking backbone. Like you don't even know who your God is. You just cave in and give up. Like what kind of nonsense is that? Stand up. (laughs) Live your life. Loving your God, honoring your God, respecting your God. This is how we're called to live. This is the hope that we have. So encourage yourself in it daily. And then I love what it says there, and encourage encourage others. Encourage each other. If you see me taking a seat and laying down my mat, my God, get around me and tell me to get up. That's love. Yeah. Love isn't, oh, well, look what he's doing. Oh, whew. 
How'd he get there? Oh, what's happening? Oh, see, we knew. Oh my, oh yeah. And we make all these things that we do for people. But we see them giving up. But we need to love them enough to encourage them. And sometimes it's the hardest thing to do. You know, I poured out into this guy's life years ago. I was in a rough patch. I was asked to come alongside him and kind of minister to him and encourage him. I mean, it was a really, really, really hard time for him and his wife and just his life. And I had to, he, he decided he, he didn't want to keep going, counseling, and he, you know, just, I just, I'm done. Nothing's changing, nothing's working, whatever. So I continue to pray for him. Every time I see him, every time, and praying for him and his wife, praying for just, just their lives. And Friday I was walking into work, and he was standing outside, and he turned around, he started walking towards me, and he was like, had a big smile on his face. He was like, man, brother, I can't thank you how you invested in my life, how you got in my face. And, and I know it was uncomfortable for you because I was a complete stranger to you, but you got in my face and you went toe-to-toe with me for the gospel, for the love of Christ. And when other people would try to share and do things with me, I heard them being so judgmental. But when I saw this stranger sitting across from me at a table, and he's going toe-to-toe with me, and even the one day when I got up and I slammed my hand down on the table and I went to get up, and you stood up and you got in front of me and you told me to sit down, that you weren't finished. Because I told him, I said, you're going to hear me out before you walk out of this room. He says, brother, I just want to thank you. My wife and I are doing better. It's not exactly how we want it, but we're better. Our home is different. The, the communication, the, you know, you just started sharing. I said, oh, man, praise God. Ah, that's great. I can thank you so much. That's so encouraging. See, you may not see it the moment that you're speaking to them. Yeah. But sow the seed. They may tell you to shut up. They don't want to hear it anymore. Well, then respect it. Because when he told me, I don't want this anymore, okay. I never I didn't chase after him. I didn't go after him. I went, what did you do? Okay. But two and a half years later, mm. on a Friday morning, I just want to thank you. See, you never know how you're going to impact people's lives. Yeah. But you're not going to impact them if you just keep submitting yourself to their gods. Mm. Submitting to the lie into your head that somehow they're saved and they're okay. And that God is pleased with how they're living. (laughs) You know how many people are sitting in churches today with active, active, active sin going on in their life? And they don't even care. They don't even care. Doctrines of demons. Don't expect them to be in heaven. Because you're not going to find that anywhere. 
They have turned from the living God. God didn't take their salvation. God's not blah, 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 blah. No, no. They've rejected God. And yet somehow, in some twisted way that the enemy does, leads them into church after they've been slung up in bed the night before, after they were just nasty the night before with their mouth and with their thoughts, after they've given themselves over to this and to that, being jealous, being backbiting, gossiping, slander, and dare step in and raise up hands to a holy God. enemy does yeah come on you all really this is how we're supposed to live stay with first thessalonians because we're going to read from 5 through 11 (laughs) now concerning how and when all this will happen this resurrection this hope that we should have dear brothers and sisters We don't really need to write you, for you know quite well, my God, that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly, like a thief in the night. When people are saying, listen, everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them. And suddenly, as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin, and there will be no escape. But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters. And you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. For you are all children of the light. Oh, Jesus. And the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. So how are you supposed to live? Here it is. Perk up. So be on guard. Not like, not, not, not asleep, asleep like others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drunkards get drunk. But don't let us who live in the light be, I'm sorry, but let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor, come on, of faith and love. And wearing as our helmet the confidence, come on, of our salvation. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour, come on, not to pour out his anger on us. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. This is how we're supposed to be living. This is what we're called to do. Action. Every day. Not just when you come to church. Not just when it feels right. Every day. Pressing in. Even if it feels uncomfortable. Press in. It'll be who you are. Live for God. Love God. Honor God. Remember, everything within you is at war against you advancing forward. 
But you must advance forward in Christ. You have received the Holy Spirit. Unless you forget, the Bible says you're without excuse. Because God is giving you everything you need to live a godly life. But shh. The enemy comes in, teaches these doctrines of demons, and the church just feeds off of it. Yes, yes, well, true, God doesn't expect me to to change this way does you know god knows my way and we make all these excuses see i'm telling you when you're making excuses when you're finding yourself not fighting and wrestling with sin when you realize you're like ah when you recognize that you're not doing that something's wrong yeah. you've been because the enemy knows if you get free mm-hmm. the damage you're going to do God wants to raise you up because He's prepared good works for you to do. For Him and this generation. And so if the enemy can just silence us and keep us down. This will strip Jesus of His power. He's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He is victorious. Yes. You've just chosen to turn from the only one who can save you. Mm-hmm. Because you want to settle for the created. Mm-hmm. That's just dust. I'm just going to start blowing dust in y'all's face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I'm serious. But this is how we're called to live, you all. Live to please God with the hope of the resurrection. Go to Revelation chapter 22. Woo! We're going to try to land the plane today. Revelation chapter 22. How then shall we live in the gen- this generation and the generation to come? From the angel. For, I'm sorry. Then the angel showed me a river with the, with the water of life. Clear as crystal. Oh, Jesus. Flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. These leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything. Again, As I started today, do you understand what you're living under? You're living in a world liberated, freed because of Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit, but you're still living in a land that's cursed. Among people who are at enemy, who are enemies of God. We were once. Creation is... Crying out for Christ to return. (laughs) It longs to be lifted up off the curse. From the curse that mankind has placed on it. Because we gave ourselves over to the enemy of our souls. And this is who you want to keep dancing with? This is who you want to keep running amok? Luring you? Dragging you? He destroys everything. Listen to this beautiful. Ah! 
That's what I'm saying. When you know your God, when you know that you know that you know, you can live, man. Amen. Freed. Mm. No longer will there be a curse upon anything. For the throne of God, huh, and of the Lamb will be there, and His servants will worship Him, and they will see His face, and His name will be written on their foreheads, and there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever. Then the angel said to me, everything you have heard and have seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God who inspires his prophets has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen. Jesus' words. Here they are. Verse 7. Look, Jesus says, I'm coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw all these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said, no, don't worship me. I am a servant of God, just like you and your brothers, the prophets, as well as all who obey what is written in this book. Worship only God. Yes. Then he, then he instructed me. Do not, seal, do not seal up the prophet, the prophetic words in this book. For the time is near. Let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm. Let the one who is vile continue to be vile. Let the one who is righteous continue to live righteously. Let the one who is holy continue to be holy. And then Jesus' words, Look, I'm coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and seat, I'm sorry, and eat the fruit of From the tree of life, outside the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idol worshipers, and all who love, oh, and all who love to live a lie. Those are people who are not entering the kingdom of God. But they're in church, pastor. Who cares? Shh. They're following doctrines of demons. They're not saved. Again, I'm not impressed with people's church attendance and how they do and what they're doing. It's the character of Christ coming out from them. It's the fruit from their life. Jesus says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. I am both. Come on, Jesus. I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. Oh, man. And I solemnly declare to everyone who hears the words of prophecy written in this book, 
If anyone adds anything to what it is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. And if anyone removes any of these words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city that are described in this book. He, 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 he who is the faithful witness to all these things say, here's Jesus' words, yes, I'm coming soon. Amen. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. How then shall we live? <laughs> Expecting his return, you all. Did you hear that? And in that, to be restored to what it was always meant to be. A land that's not cursed. Fellowship with God. Huh? <laughs> And you see what we're up against each day. This is what we're called to. Mm-hmm. So we've got to stop making excuses. If we truly love Christ, if we truly understand what it means to be born again, do we truly understand the gospel message? Unless we just want our ears to be tickled, itched, motivated, make us feel better. Nah. I want to encourage not only myself, but you all. Mm-hmm. Cling to Christ. It's not fading away. I don't want to offer you the, the principles of the kingdom if you don't know the king. Mm-hmm. I don't want you out there, uh, uh, you know, just putting the principles of the kingdom into practice. And yes, you may reap the reward of them on this side of heaven, but in the end, it's all fading away. I mean, the world and the enemy, that's how they deceive. I told you my message last week, the war against the word. How the enemy deceives. Did God really say? He waters it down. He offers us a different alternative and still presents it to be Christ-like. Come on, you all. Do you understand the reward that we're going to receive? Do you understand what it's going to be like? Man, the hope that we can have in the midst of all this chaos. That's how we're supposed to live. Go to Romans 12. A few more scriptures to seal the deal. Over the past three weeks, I've been trying to encourage you how then now shall you live on the verge of World War III or the end times? <laughs> Rather, it's the day, tomorrow, a hundred years from now, a thousand years from now. There is a way in which you're called to live. And here's scriptures I'm giving you that hopefully you will go and be encouraged that will provoke within you a response either to get saved, to get right with God, to repent, turn to Jesus, Or if you are born again, to continue on. Continue on. Do even more. Keep maturing. Keep growing. Don't sit back down. Don't give up and don't go back. Don't settle for dust. When Christ himself 
offers himself for you. Oh, there's nothing like it. So then now how then shall we live? Romans 12. Oh. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that, huh, all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. But let God transform you, come on, into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And a lot of people struggle with giving up their life, giving up their old lives. A lot of people want to cling to it. That's why I keep telling you all, if you're truly born again, transformation takes place, a newness comes forth. <laughs> I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Like that's why you surrender. Yeah. All that you've done for me. Why are we trying to hold back from Him? Why? If we truly understand the gospel, if you're truly saved, and you truly understand the gospel, and the power of the gospel, what on earth are you doing holding on to what's behind you? You say, well, what do I do with it? Give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. And that's when the enemy has come into the church and he twisted it and he makes the holiness and he, and he makes what it is to be set apart something weird, something ungodly, and something unholy. <laughs> oh, gee, that's why we must apply God's truth so we can discern between good and evil. Again, if you're truly born again, if you truly receive the gospel and the power of the gospel and you have comprehended what Christ has done for you, I don't need someone to berate me or beat me down. I need someone to come alongside me and hold me accountable. Get in my face if need be. But it's out of love. It's out of respect for what Christ is doing in my life. But it's going to confirm what Christ is already speaking into my life. Because when I yield and I give myself to Christ, and even though I want to keep touching or giving or laying or doing or whatever, what I used to do, no, just because of what has transpired in my life, because I've repented, I've been born again of a new nature, there's going to be this pool in me that's like, oh, no, you don't do that anymore. But I like it. It doesn't matter. You don't do it anymore. Well, how is that fair, God? Oh, it's quite fair. Why are you questioning him? I didn't have a problem. You didn't have a problem 
with who you were before Christ. Oh, you probably have problems because I have problems. But the very essence of your nature, of my nature, this flesh, we were at war with God. We didn't care about God. Yet though we've created all these little gods to find some sense of purpose in being, because that's just within every created being, there's a hole, there's an emptiness that makes us look up. But we will refuse the living God and yet submit ourselves to all these other gods. But oh, church, church, when you understand the gospel, when you receive the gospel, when you receive Christ and your life is transformed, newness comes forth. Man. How do I live? I don't have to hide from God. I don't, he already knows what he's, what he's done in my life. I don't want to keep thinking on those thoughts. I, I don't want to keep living. I, I don't want to do that. God, it doesn't honor you. And God, look how, look at what you did for me. And that's what he says here. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Why would I keep fighting to hold on what he has delivered me from? <laughs> it doesn't make See, when you hear it, it doesn't make sense. You go, huh? Like, really? Like, what am I, what am I doing? Wrestling to stay yoked and in bondage and enslaved and in prison. What am I doing? Why am I continuing to make these decisions? Not being a good steward. Not taking care of this. Not doing things right. Not Whatever. Not, not just as you know, growing up, maturing, just oh God. So when you see yourself, you just go, no, okay, Lord. I know you're working in me. I know, see, God, you're, the Holy Spirit, you're convicting. You're, you're bringing truth to my mind and to my heart. So I'm not to conform any longer to the behaviors of this world, but I'm to be transformed into a new person so how are you going to bring all this about? Because I'm new, but how is it coming forward? By changing my mind. Yes. Whoa. So what does that look like for me now? Relinquish your rights. This is what you're up against every day. But it's available for us to live. It's available for us. The power of the gospel, you all. And that's why... It's attracted to some. The Bible says to some, you will be a fragrance of life. Wow, what's different about you? Like, man, I see what you're going through, but you're, something's different. I've seen a difference. Why aren't you doing the things you used to do? Why aren't you coming out with us? Why aren't you acting? Why don't you speak the way you should speak? Why doesn't, why don't? It's because of Jesus. And then it says to some, you're going to be the stench of death because you're going to remind them. And then I'm not going to want to be around you. And that's okay. That's okay. That's all right. That's how we're supposed to be living out there, you all. Not cowering down and being subservient to all these other little gods that these other people are bowing down to. Let them bow down, but you walk upright. Amen. As everyone else is bowing, you walk upright so they can look and say, Why aren't you bowing? Bow. 
serve one and why don't we serve one God, the living God? See, there's a way to live, you all. Way to live, man. It says, because of this privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Measure yourself by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with God's, with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Oh, perk up and hear this. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So, if God is giving you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God is giving you. If your gift is serving, serve others. Serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God is giving you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy. <laughs> Jesus. But work hard to serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friend, he's writing to the church. <laughs> Never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For scripture say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. So instead... If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. And doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. You see, it's opposite day, you all. In this new way of living, we don't live like the world. We're learning to live differently. We're to live opposite of what we used to be enslaved to. Does it make sense to the natural mind? But when you understand the power of the gospel, when you understand what Christ has accomplished for us, when you understand what we have been given, the authority in which he has given us, the protection in which he has given us, the power in which he has given us, to go forth and to make a difference among the people who are dying. He came to save the world. He knows that they're under judgment. He knows his wrath is coming. That's why he says, I didn't come to judge the world. The world already stands judged. There's a time and a place. Oh, it's coming. He came to save. 
So why aren't we doing what he came to do? That's why we grow as Christians. That's why it's vital that you're growing as a Christian. You're maturing, you're applying, you're getting up, no matter how hard it is. Well, I've tried. So what? Get up and move on. You stop trying. Let him have access. You just put into practice what you're learning. What does that look like? Well, if you're thinking things, you ought not to be taken. thinking. The Bible says, take every thought captive and bring it underneath his lordship. If you're touching things, you ought not to be touching. Stop touching them. You're saying things, you ought not to be saying. Stop saying it. If you're not being a good steward of what he's entrusting you with, learn to steward well. Ask for help. We've got to stop making excuses. We got to get up. We people are dying. And we have, and we're saying we're the church, and we have the only message that can save them from eternal damnation. And yet, We're so consumed with our lives. <laughs> and I don't make light of it, you all. I'm in, I'm into it 25 years now. <laughs> I know what it's like being wet behind the ears, a new baby Christian. I still remember those days. But I'm growing, I'm maturing. I'm not perfect. There's things I'm still growing. There's things like, as we read earlier, do even more, do even more, do even more. Don't ever think, oh, I've arrived. No, you haven't. Times are getting even more crazier. The level of deception is rising. And as the level of deception is rising, the level of righteousness in you should be rising. As dark as the world is getting, you should be coming even more brighter. And you just want to panhandle to the world. And trying to find satisfaction in all of that that's dying. When God has called you out. And has brought you in through Christ. Because he's loved. He loves you. He's revealed himself to you. So that you may live. Live. An abundance. Don't we keep rejecting him? Don't keep going your way. Wake up. Wake up. The hour is urgent. So then how then should we live? Here's another principle I want to share with you. In these crazy days. As a living sacrifice. And the contributing to the fellowship. Each of us have been gifted. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit has dispersed the gifts among the church. You should know your gifts and you should be growing in your gifts. You should be serving if that's what you're called to. You should be doing these things that you ought to be doing. Each of us have it. And that's why I've said throughout the years, this weird concept that people just come to church and I just, I'm here. <laughs> and I just go right back out. I'm just like, all right, Lord. But we need you to be fully functional. If our natural body is sick, we're hindered. 
You know, and I broke my toe one year. Like, you know, my foot, it, it, it ached my whole body. So if you're the toe of the body of Christ, you're wounded, it aches us. We need you as you need us to be healthy members of the body of Christ. Growing and maturing and giving. Yes, here. So that when we go from here, when we disperse from here, when you're out there, you're still functioning as the body of Christ among others that are out there. And the world will see there's something different about them. And yet they want to kill us. Yet they want to beat us. Yet they want to push us out of the world system. It's okay. We don't hate them. We're not going to fight them. It's what they did to Christ. But if they're hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. Let them see there's something different. <laughs> they asked Jesus, are you, are you a king? Are you the king of the Jews? kingdom's not of this world. Basically, he tells them, I'm allowing all this to happen. You have no authority over me. Come on. This is the Jesus we're serving. Are you kidding me? And we all just want to stay yoked to our past and, oh, my feelings, I've screwed up my life. So what we all have? Get up and move on. Think differently. Do differently. Learn of Christ and live. I don't feel like I'm measuring. Stop looking at the world. Listen, there's a way in which you're called to live. Go to 2 Corinthians. I'm ending. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 through 21. Again, Three weeks on pouring into you how you're to be living in these crazy days so that you can go and take these past. Go back. I know they're long. I go so long. But whatever. Go back and listen to the podcast. You don't have to sit for two hours in one sitting. Just as you're driving, listen. Listen 15 minutes. But you need to go back and listen to these verses. You need to go back and listen to the encouragement. You need to sit and open up your Bible, get a pad of paper or use notes on your your pad or your iPhone or whatever phone you have and just start looking and saying, this is how I'm to be living. How does this apply to my life when I step into the office? When I step into the grocery stores, I'm driving down the highways, I'm interacting with family members who aren't saved in a household that is in disarray. How am I to be living How am I not to give up ground but gain ground? How am I to stand in the assurance that you are God and God alone and that I will see my household saved? How how am I to be living? But if you're not meditating, if you're not pondering, if you're not applying, oh, you're not living. You're just dead confused. Just hoping Jesus will make it better. What Jesus? What Jesus? These are truths, you all. These aren't my truths. These aren't men's truth. This is the truth of God's word. And it 
penetrates you. It goes deep in. But this isn't being drawn out. It brings healing. I'm telling y'all, if you're not saved, get saved. Lord, I'm telling you, if you don't understand the gospel, you don't understand the power of the gospel, if you don't understand what has taken place in your life, I'm tired of pretending with people. If you're not saved, you're not saved. Stop acting like you are and pretending like you are. When you know good and well, you're not. Well, my auntie was saved. This person was saved. That person was saved. Who cares? The issue is you. My grandpa's salvation is not going to get me into heaven. And we love Paul Paul, though. Remember, he used to take us to the church and sit. Come on, sister. We remember. Paul Paul. Choose a Paul Paul best friend. Good days. Yes. Lord. Sow the seed he was. Yeah, he was. He was. And that's what they do. They'll sow the seed, but their salvation is not getting in. <laughs> you got to choose this day, every day, whom you're going to serve. Mm. And I'm tired of hearing and Jesus being peddled out there like he's some common folk. And he's so weak-willed, just passing out hugs and muffins. How are we to be living? Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty and twenty-one. Oh, so we are Christ ambassadors. God is making. Oh, God, hear this. This is what your life is to be doing. Is this happening? Listen. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins. So that we could be made right with God through Christ. How are we to be living in these days? As his ambassador. He's making his appeal through us. So I said, y'all, preach the gospel to yourself daily so you understand. Don't lose, don't lose that passion for Christ and what he's accomplished so that you're sharing it with others. They don't want it. It's okay. Fine. I got a lot of people I'm so close with who don't want the gospel. But one thing they know, I don't want that. I don't want what they have. Doesn't mean I disrespect them. Doesn't mean I'm rude to them. Doesn't mean no. But I'm not going to go along. Just like you're not going. Okay, it's fine. But I'm not going to become subservient so that you can feel comfortable. No. Because I know what God has done. I know the wretched man that I was. I know how I resisted him for years and hated him for years. But when his grace and his mercy was revealed and his love was revealed, like, oh, God. Have you seen yourself as his enemy? Because you'll never understand the fullness of his love or the power of the gospel until you do. You truly see your nature. 
Because when you truly see it, you'll stop clinging to it when he calls you out from it. <laughs> You're just like, oh, God. <sighs> I don't know where I'm going. My whole life, I don't know what's, I don't know. <laughs> okay, Lord, I'm trusting you. So you just got to surrender. Say, okay, God. Is that going to be easy? I'm not expecting it to be, you know, whatever. Like, I'm still behind enemy lines. I'm still, I have a concept that, okay, my life is not my own. So, so how am I to live? Well, I need to know this. Now I, need to, I need to be equipped. I need to know what it means when you say to me, come follow me. Deny yourself, pick up the cross and follow me. And again, don't forget the cross is an instrument of horrendous death. It's a tool of such excruciating pain. And this is what it tells you to pick up. Lest we want to make it all kumbaya and easy as pumpkin pie, just everything sweet. Oh, sweet Jesus. Just makes everything perfect. Use the cream in my coffee. What? The call of a disciple. Deny yourself. Pick up the cross. You see, Rob, this tool of excruciating pain and death. And follow me. I got you, son. This way. Yes. God. Okay. It's uncomfortable. It hurts. But you got me. You tell me to follow you. Yeah. It's beautiful, you all. Yeah. And what we do with it is... Shh. Just eat your muffins. Let him hug you. What are we doing, man? Oh, okay, finally. I mean, Hebrews, we're ending. Ah. Hebrews 10, verse 19 to 39, and then I'm done. The call to persevere. How, how then shall we live? Persevere, you all. Persevere. Oh, Jesus. So I get excited, you all. I've had my ups and my downs, my highs and my lows, but man, keep fanning that flame and keep moving forward. That's why I can talk to people and share with people and if they don't want it okay. People who do, praise God, let's press in, let's get, let's get going. <laughs> and it's Jesus, it's Jesus. I mean, the, you know, I can think through the years how the enemy has tried to snuff me out left and right, how the enemy creeped up in the backseat of my car and told me, I'm going to kill you. When I was at that red light, I said, oh, what? And I clung to those words, then I did the word. And it sent me in a tailspin. I'm telling you, this isn't cakewalk. You're all in it. For the glory of God. For the glory of God. Ah, to reach. 
interesting place. Oh, Jesus, what? Yeah. That's the hope that we have. So finally, to end this three weeks of just pouring in the final call to persevere. Hebrews 10, verse 19 through 39. Here we go. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a, oh God, please you all, a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences, come on you all, have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promises. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. It was a problem back then in the church, as it is today. <laughs> but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Dear friends, oh God, if we deliberately continue, he's writing to the church, sinning after we have received knowledge of truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. For anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled oh, on the Son of God and have treated the blood of, his, of the covenant which made us holy as if oh Jesus, we were as if it were common and unholy and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. Jesus. For we know the one who said, I will take revenge and I will pay them back. He also said, the Lord will judge his own people. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering? Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten, and sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail, and when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. Remember those early days? None of us have experienced that. But he's writing to a church who did, who was first saved. They were beaten, lost everything, thrown in prison. <laughs> Jesus. And he's reminding them, listen, do not grow lukewarm. Don't give up. Don't treat him as common. Don't you dare go back to where you were. <laughs> no, don't you remember how you accepted all of that with joy? You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. 
So do not, oh, come on. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one, yes, will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we, oh, how I love how he finally ends it. But we, and oh, how I pray that we can say this for ourselves. And if you can't, come to Jesus. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Jesus dropped the mic. This is the way in which we're called to live, you all. This is who Christ is and who those who belong to him are. We're called to live in such a way that honors him. See, we've been adopted in. You understand, before Christ, you were so far off. You're bound for destruction. You deserved wrath. You deserved his judgment. Oh, he's a bad God. No, you don't know him. If you think that, you say that, you don't know him. That's why I love engaging with people. You say, well, he's bad. No, you don't know him. That's why I love talking with people. What do you mean I don't know him? How can a loving God come? No, see, right then and there, just, you're just showing that you don't, but if you give me an opportunity, I'll, I'll talk with you. I want you to know him. Because many years I didn't know him. I was right where you were. But to have a desire and a passion to let people know that after they hear they don't want it, okay. But at least they heard. And maybe again, it was just that time to plant the seed. It was just time to water it. Maybe a year down the road, two years, ten years, however long, the Holy Spirit would harvest it. And they'll come to Christ. Listen, you all. It's the way in which we're to be living. We don't have to be ashamed of our God. We ought to know our God. We don't turn back. We to remain faithful. He's begun this work in us. He is faithful to complete it. So the weird thing is, is when people do, they say no. No more. No. I'm going to take it all back and do me. You're going to treat his blood so common. You're, you're, going, you're going to make the Holy Spirit, you're, you're going to grieve the Holy Spirit. And they don't care. And I've seen it time and time and time and time again. I mean, ministers who influenced me in my early years. I mean, influenced me in my early years. Fall away from the faith and go into the gay lifestyle. What on earth? What? Leave their wives and go with other women and, you know, fall from grace and not even turn back around and they don't even care. And you're like, what? And maybe they're just not ministers, maybe just Christians. But they're still ministers. See, all of us 
are to be ministers of the gospel. You just don't leave it to the people who've been given a title because you've been given a title that you forget. You're an ambassador. And he's making his appeal through you. But even Christians who fall and turn, now they start teaching and preaching and living differently. You just kind of go, don't make fun. Don't, don't die. Don't, uh, see? No, no, cuss your mouth. Shut up. Lest it, lest it be you. <laughs> Pray. Like, oh, Jesus. And that should, Hebrews, let those verses come back. Like, oh, God. <laughs> Pray for them. This is what we're up against you all. As the level of deception, as the level of chaos is rising, as World War III is on the brink of the horizon, the end of the world, the coming of Christ. Praise be to God. But we're here to be part of it. See, we were far off, but he's called us home. He's adopted. If you're truly in Christ, he's adopted you. You're not no longer far off. You're like in Christ. You're part of the family. I got you. He says, you're my beloved. You're my son. You're my daughter. All I have is yours. This is why we do what we do. Because we're new people. The people of God. All right, I'm going to close this with this last song of worship. And then I'll close this in prayer.
Father, thank you, Lord. <laughs> I just so good. <laughs>